You're listening to a sermon from Pastor Caleb Gordon of First Baptist Church of Cedarville, Kansas. We pray this message encourages and blesses you this week. If you'd like to join us to worship in person, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. at 418 Monroe Street in Cedarville, Kansas. We would love to see you. Find out more about us online at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Cedarvale First Baptist. If these messages bless you in any way, please consider giving to help support the ministry at First Baptist Church. Our mailing address is First Baptist Church, Cedarville, Kansas, P.O. Box 456, Cedarville, Kansas, 67024. If you got your Bibles, we're going to go... And we're going to be in the Old Testament today. First Chronicles chapter 16. First Chronicles chapter 16. As I, uh, I look around and, and, at the season that we're in, that we've just, this last past Thursday that we've, we've finished up and the season that we're fixing to walk into, you can see a little bit of the decorations changing now, but uh, as the seasons are changing and I think about the blessings that God has handed out to us as individuals and as he has handed out to us as a church and as a community, I'm overwhelmed by the power and the jaw-dropping grace that Jesus has chosen to bestow upon each one of us. Amen? And I, I, the way our steps have been provisioned and ordered and, and the way that he has saw fit uh, to keep us from the, the trials and the tribulations, and even in those trials and tribulations, His grace has been sufficient for us to walk through. Amen? His grace has been right there for us to, to see and, and to, to feel and to be a part of. His grace has been there. And uh, it's just absolutely amazing to know that Jesus loves us. And, and here's the thing. The more I study God's Word, the more I read over the text, I am acutely aware... Of my sinfulness and the massive shortcomings in my own life. And therefore, I am all the more thankful, grateful, and in awe of the grace of God in and on my life. Anybody else? Just, just amen. Got a couple amens there. It's not lost on me as to what I deserve versus what I actually get. Anybody else? It's not lost on me what I deserve. I deserve God's wrath, but rather what I get, I get God's mercy. I get God's grace. And just to, just to trust in Him for what He's done and what He's doing is, is just a spectacular opportunity. And so t- today, I want us to just focus in on the, the idea of thanksgiving in our final part of this series on thanksgiving uh, we've been going through the entire month of November a series on, on Thanksgiving and having a thankful heart and, and looking back on all of this. And I actually, my dad yesterday at our Thanksgiving gathering with my, at my brother's house, we got up and dad, our dad got up and he gave a little bit of a, a, histor- a history speech. He got a historical, not hysterical, but historical. Um, and I, I didn't realize that nationally the proclamation for Thanksgiving didn't come until 1863. I know that there was the, the, the pilgrims who were the first 
Thanksgiving dinner with the pilgrims at the, and the Indians at the uh, Plymouth Rock. I know that that was the, the first real Thanksgiving. But nationally, to have it proclaimed, it was done in 1863 by President Abraham Lincoln. And in 1863, there was a, a, a massive conflict that was taking place here in America in 1863. And it was at its zenith. It was at its, at its peak. And that conflict was the Civil War. Over 600,000 men died over a belief system. And what was that belief system? That all men are created equal. And where do those rights, those inalienable rights come from? Not the government, but from the Creator. Amen? And those, those rights come to us from God. And so this, this battle take, took place. And so... Thanksgiving came as a result of who? Jesus, ultimately. But this in 1863, Abraham Lincoln said, we're going to celebrate nationally and have a day of Thanksgiving and to remember this. And so today I want us to see from the text, from the Bible, that God is good and the thankfulness and the, and the, the beauty of who Jesus is and how, how we as believers should be all in awe at who God is and be thankful for what God has done in our lives. And so I want us to look at 1 Chronicles chapter 16. And this is where we're going to be in today's message. And the context of this text is that David has brought the ark of God and he's placed it into the tent, the tent of offering. And there have been burnt offerings that have been laid out and they were worshiping the Lord. And David hands out food to the people and they take time to worship and give thanks to God for what he's done in their lives. So we're going to start in verse 1 of 1 Chronicles chapter 16. This is, like I said, the ark's being placed in the tent. They brought in the ark of God and sent it inside and the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And when, God, when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord and distributed to all of Israel, both men and women, to each of them a loaf of bread and a portion of meat and a cake of raisins. Then they appointed some of the Levites to, uh, of, as ministers before the ark of the Lord to invoke what? Thanksgiving. To praise the Lord and, and praise the God of Israel. Ashva, the chief, and the second of him was Zechariah, and Jael, and Shemeroth, and Jimel, and Makutha. That's, that's what I should have named Gabriel. Uh, and the Elab, and Beneth, and Obadiah, and Jael, whom were playing the harps and the lyres. And Ashroth was the sound of the cymbals, and Benaiah, Benaiah and Jezreel, the prophets, were in, to blow the trumpets and regularly before the ark of the covenant of God. And then on that day, David first appointed that thanksgiving be sung to the Lord by Asherah and his brothers. And so David, we're going we're gonna to keep going here in a minute, but I want us to see that David does this, this massive thanksgiving feast and celebration. He's thankful for God and what he's done in his work with, with, the, with the ark and with all the things that have gone on with David's life, he's thanking nationally, he's thanking God for what has been done in their lives. And it's just, 
It's absolutely stunning. David sets aside a few men to officially give thanks. They, as a nation, they give thanks to the Lord. And they tell of this. In Psalms chapter 1, verse, or 100, verses 4 and 5, it tells us, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. The psalmist wrote this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. We are to come to the Lord with thankful and grateful hearts when we are and when we are in this state of mind, we can properly worship Him. We can properly have a time to set aside and to worship the Lord. And so often in the church, what happens is people, when they come in, they don't have a thankful spirit. We're complaining about our lives. We don't have a thankful spirit because we're too busy. We're busy complaining about something that we didn't get, what we feel like we should have gotten, and we didn't get that opportunity. We didn't get that thing. We didn't get the promotion. And most of the time when we like to sit around the Thanksgiving table, it's not thankful for what we've been given, but rather we're complaining about what we don't have, or we're griping about something. Anybody else do that? I don't ever do that. It's not me. But we, we sit around and we complain about something we don't have, and listen, I heard a guy named Francis Chan say this. He said, we'd be far less, the church of Jesus Christ, we'd, be, we'd have far less to, uh, to complain about in the church if Christians had spiritual dependence. Now, I know that people think, well, yeah, dependency on Christ. Yes, that too. But spiritual dependence, someone that you are dependent for. You know, when you're filling out your taxes, one of the questions is, how many what do you have? How many dependents? How many people depend on you? And I think if, if people in the church had more dependence that they were discipling, we'd have far less time to complain about what we don't have and we'd be thankful for what we do have. Amen? We'd be thankful for what we do have. We wouldn't have time to complain if we were actively seeking the Lord to help us disciple someone in the paths of righteousness. And, when, and, and secondly, when you and I come into a time of worship and we have an angry heart or we have a bitter heart or we have a just a, a, a bitter spirit about us, the worship is not going to go any higher than this ceiling. The songs that we sing won't go any farther than the ceiling. They won't make it into, the, into heaven's gates. Why? Because God tells us over and over again, if we're bitter and we're angry and we're upset with our fellow man, or we have anger in our hearts, that we are wasting our time worshiping if we're in that state. It just, it's, it's an act of futility when we attempt to worship God and we're upset. The Lord gives us a command to enter His gates with thanksgiving, and when that happens, when that spirit is in us, then we have the ability to praise him. We say, praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Greatness. And then in starting in verse 8 through about 34, we see this, this song that is sung. Remember that we just, in verses 1 through 4, there's all kinds of uh, preparation. We've got... Musical instruments, this is interesting, I, I know that there are certain denominations that believe that we shouldn't have musical instruments in the building um, because it, it isn't godly. Well, the Old Testament just said they had a whole bunch. And so they're preparing this song and they're singing this song to the Lord and they say, the first verse of the song says, oh, in verse 8, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. 
So we're to give thanks, we're to proclaim his name, proclaim the message of Jesus among the people. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell all the wondrous works. Tell all of his wondrous works. Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek him rejoice. And man, isn't that the truth? When you and I rejoice in the Lord and we pursue him and we're happy in Jesus, isn't it just it spills out of our lives. When you and I are happy in Jesus, everyone else will know it. If we're grumpy outside of Jesus, everybody else knows it too. Right? It's hard to fake it when we Praise God. Nobody no, nobody nobody likes that. But he says, Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek him, who seek the Lord, rejoice. And then it says in verse eleven, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence. How often? Continually. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done. When you and I remember the wonderful things that God has done in our lives, we can't help but rejoice, amen? We can't help but get excited about knowing what Jesus has done in and through us and for us. I get excited when I think about what God's done for me. That God's given me the opportunity to be able to do the things that I do. To be able to go the places that I go, to see the people that I see. One of the things that dad said yesterday, I stopped getting, as the older I get, I stopped being thankful for the stuff and I'm more thankful for the people. I don't, I'm not as thankful for the stuff. I know kids, I'm thankful for my car, I'm thankful for my phone, I'm thankful for this. As you get older, I'm just thankful I get to see some of you. What that I woke up this morning is a gift from the Lord. That I woke up this morning as a gift from the Lord. So he says, remember the wondrous works that he has done. His miracles and his judgments that have been uttered. O offspring of Israel, his servants, his sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all of the earth. Remember his covenants forever. Remember these things. Remember the things that are in the text. Remember his scriptures. Remember his covenants forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that he made with Abraham. He swore to, he promised, he, he, his sworn promise to Isaac. He is confirmed as a statue with Jacob. Now, what were those, what was the things that he confirmed and he established and he set up? What? The coming. Like, Jesus is coming. This was Jesus is, this is pre-Jesus in this text. And so the promise is that Jesus is coming. He's coming to redeem the God. He's coming to do something miraculous in his people. And did he? Man, he sure did. He came to, as we said in Sunday school this morning, he came to what? Seek and to save. That which was lost. Anybody else Anybody else that was lost has been found? I sure have been. I sure have been. And man, that covenant that he swore with all these things, as an everlasting covenant with, to Israel, saying to him, I will give the land to the Canaans as a portion of their inheritance. Woo! All the things that God promised. And listen, I'm going to tell you right now that God has promised you and I something. He's promised. He said, listen, I'm coming again. I'm coming again. And we need to be in the light of that. We need to be thankful for what God's done in us. So this 
text that we're reading here is a song that David wrote to worship God. And then this text, it refers all, it's referred to in the Psalms, all throughout the Psalms. This text that David wrote the songs here in 1 Chronicles are referenced all in the Psalms. And I just want to take a moment to read and unpack and look at all the things that are in this text. Because it's, I think it's just, this, let, let's let God's word do God's word. Rather than just, because this is the thing that's important. What I have to say, the pontifications that I throw out, okay. But God's word is what's important. And he, David continues in the song of verse 19. He says, when you were few in numbers... And, are, and were of little account and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people. He allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked the kings on the account of saying, touch not my anointed. I know that right now is being taken out of context by a lot of crazy prosperity gospel guys, but this is not what that means. This is just, the, this is just what happened. Is it, this, remember, this is a song of thanksgiving, a spirit of thanksgiving in the congregation to say, listen, God's protected us. Well, let's just ask the question, has God protected you lately? Has God given you grace in certain areas? Has He protected you from harm? He sure has. He sure has. He says in verse 23, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous works among the people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And He is to, and he is to be held in awe above all gods. We talked about that in Sunday school. Then there's gods, a plethora of gods out there. He is to be held in regard above all gods because He is the only true God. Period. He is the only true God. He's to be held in awe above all gods, for he, for all the gods of the peoples are what? Idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe or give to the Lord. O clans of the people, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due His name. What is due God's name? God is owed by human beings glory and praise. We are to ascribe and give that to our great God. It is fantastic to see what, what God has done in our lives. And so we're to ascribe and give this splendor to His name. Verse 20, 31 says, Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice, and let them say among the nations of the Lord that the Lord reigns. Let the seas roar and all, of the, and all that fills it. Let the fields exult and everything that's in it. So what does it say? Everything is to give praise to God. The sea, when it roars, and it, it, we, when you, if you've ever been to the ocean, you see how the waves do it. That is an act of worship of creation towards the Creator. When these trees change colors, oh, Caleb, that's just scientifically, that's what those are supposed to do. The, yes, but who created that? God. And when those trees change colors, they are worshiping God with those vibrant colors. When the trees change into springtime and they get the buds on, they get the green and the pretty comes back, that is a worship of creation for the Creator. How do you, how do you know that? Because the Bible just said, let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let all 
Of them say of the nations the Lord reigns. And let the sea that roars and all that fills it, let them exalt. Let them exalt it. I'll never, you know, in the Bible, when, in the New Testament, when Jesus was, fit, when, when, the, when the disciples were fishing, Jesus looked at the disciples and said, you caught anything yet? He said, no, we haven't caught anything. Well, how come he hadn't caught anything? Because Jesus told those fish what to do and they obeyed him. And when Jesus said, go jump in the net, guess what? Those fish jumped in the net. All of creation is to ascribe glory to God Almighty. Then verse 33, it says, Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy. How many, like, let's just ask the question. How many of you guys like to take fall drives and go look at the colors of the leaves? I, I love that. I, I'm one of those guys, I love fall, and I love to look at the trees. I love to go drive. It's pretty. God made that. God created. God made the filters and those and the, the photosensitives. Oh my gosh, I can't even say it. He made the leaves do what they do. How about that? And it's just, it's glorious to see it. The trees sing out worship to him. In verse 34, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And then verse 35 says, Say also, save us, O God, of our salvation, and gather and deliver us from among all the nations, and we, that we may give thanks to your holy name and the glory of your praise. Now, in context, this is praising God for gathering his people, the, the Jews, together. Now, the application applies to you and I. The I know the context is around the Jewish people, but the application is applied to you and I. The, how many have been saved by the grace and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? I, if the, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, is what the scripture says. It says, save us, O God, the God of our salvation. Gather us and deliver us. And then verse 36, bless the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. From everlasting to everlasting, then all of the people said, Amen. And praised the Lord. So this is a worship service, like this was a song that the congregation sang together. I don't know what the I don't know what the tune was, but this was a song that the entire church gathered, the whole entire gathering of people sang this as a worship song before the Lord. And they worshiped before the ark. And they praised him. And all of this was an offering of thanksgiving and praise. They had a heart of gratitude. They had a, a, a mindset of thankfulness. When we as his children have the kind of attitude, this kind of attitude, when you and I as his children have this kind of attitude of gratefulness towards the God of the universe, thanking him for what he's done, as David started this thing, he says what? And David had finished offering the burnt offering and the peace offering, and he blessed the people, and he distributed all of this. And then he says what? He appointed some of the Levites and the ministers before the Lord to invoke, to give thanks and praise to the Lord. That is what we are to do as his children, is to invoke and to give thanks and to give praise. This is what the entire season of this. Thanksgiving didn't originate with the pilgrims. 
Thanksgiving didn't originate in 1863 with Abraham Lincoln's proclamation. It originated with the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks for what God has given us. And when we as his children have this kind of attitude, it will transform and transcend all things in our hearts and in our minds. It will transcend time and space. Knowing that we have peace with the God of the universe should give us all an unction deep inside of us. If we've been forgiven of our sins and we've been redeemed by repentance and faith in Him, then what? We should be able to follow and be willing to obey and trust Jesus with our entire lives. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about at the beginning of this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Jesus said what? Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you who belong to Jesus Christ. So let's ask the question, do you this morning belong to Jesus Christ? Yeah? What's the will of God for your life? In every single circumstance that you're in today, you are to what? Be thankful for the circumstances that you're in. Caleb, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know what's going on. You don't know my family. You know who I had to sit around the table with on Thursday? Okay. Be thankful for them. Be thankful for that circumstance. Be thankful for that person that is a thorn in your side. Because maybe that person that's a thorn in your side is molding you and shaping you and propelling you towards the Lord Jesus Christ. So be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for who? Ah, somebody else, Caleb. Somebody else. No. For Y-O-U. You. You, this, belong, this, this is for you. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for those who belong to Jesus Christ. The will of God is that each one of us would walk, talk, and be thankful in every circumstance. You, think, you don't think that there weren't circumstances in this moment in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 where it was a little bit shady. It was a little bit of a problem. Have you looked at David's life? Have you read through 1st and 2nd Samuel, David's life? He had a lot to gripe about. He had a lot to be concerned about. He had a lot that he didn't really like. But man, over and over and over and over and over again, continuously it was what? Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I am thankful, I am thankful, I am thankful. Why? Because he knew where he had come from and where he was going. And some of us need to know where we came from and where we're going. Well, oh, Caleb, where am I going? Well, if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you spend eternity in heaven with him. That's enough to get somebody excited, I hope. Get some of us going, come on. Let's go. Let's get excited about this. Let's get fired up. Thank you, Jesus, that you've done this in my life. The wretch, the sinner that deserved your wrath. I get your grace instead. Woo! Anybody else? You get excited, Logan? Woo! 
He had a little too much turkey yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get excited, amen? To know what Jesus has done on our behalf. How great is our God. And so this morning, one of the greatest things I could think that we could do as a, as a congregation to remember this. Remember, what this, what's the table say in the front, front here? As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So we're about to take the Lord's Supper. Now, I want to, I'm going to set the preface because the Lord's Supper is an exclusive table for baptized believers. Baptized believers is who, who is to take the Lord's Supper. And if you have sin in your life, you shouldn't take it. If you've got active sin somewhere in your heart, in your life, you shouldn't take it. Period. There have been times I haven't taken it because I knew I had stuff in my heart in my life that I hadn't repented of. And so what I want to do this morning before we take this time of take this, this sacred table, the, the elements, the, the bread and the juice, before we take that, I wanna, I'm going to have Marjorie come and play whatever she'd like to play, just something for us just to take a few minutes just to pray and to ask the Lord Jesus to do a work in our hearts. And I'm going to have Darren and Tyler um, come down and I'm going to have them uh, distribute these elements out to us. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. But, but I just want us to, to remember what God's done on our behalf. To remember that Jesus shed his blood on Calvary's cross to redeem and reconcile mankind back to him. Those that would believe. And so my hope this morning as we get ready to take this, that God is is preeminent in our hearts and our minds and our lives. So I'm going to have Marjorie play, and, and I just want us to, as they distribute these things out, just take a few minutes just to ask God to, to re- if there's anything that needs to be revealed, that, that you would do that and take time with him, and then we'll take time with this, these elements. You've been listening to a sermon from Pastor Caleb Gordon of First Baptist Church of Cedarville, Kansas. We pray this message encourages and blesses you this week. If you'd like to join us to worship in person, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. at 418 Monroe Street in Cedarville, Kansas. We would love to see you. Find out more about us online at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Cedarvale First Baptist. If these messages bless you in any way, please consider giving to help support the ministry of First Baptist Church. Our mailing address is First Baptist Church, Cedarvale, Kansas, P.O. Box 456, Cedarvale, Kansas 67024. God bless you.